All right. Welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. I am your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, pretty much as always, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, Yogi Somier, all around superhuman, Jen Waypour. Hey, Jen. Hi, Adam. We missed you last week on the podcast. Uh, you just have all kinds of things going on. In fact, uh, a colleague of ours, yours and mine, a former coaching client had asked me this morning how you were doing. And I said, she's just busy. She's got so many things going on. And we've obviously added a lot to that with a fiance and your future stepdaughter and additional pets and breaking my heart, the loss of pets as if Jack wasn't enough. Raj is, uh, she's just such a good girl, such a sweet dog. It was a rough week. It's been, being an adult is not, uh, a whole lot of fun. It's no. time consuming and expensive. And um, well, people probably did warn us, but we didn't listen. So no. we just have to take it. <laughs> yeah. That it is. All right. On with the show. We've got a really cool guest for you guys today. And I know this because she's been on the show before. You can't come on our show and be a douchebag and get invited back for another episode. So we know that that's not the case. Welcome back to the show, Christina Ray. Hey, Christina. Hi, thanks for having me. And no, I'm, I'm, so yeah, I'm going to interrupt you there because thanks for doing this. We haven't discussed it before we went live, but it's your fucking wedding anniversary. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so, happy anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, and um, for those of you that don't know us or don't know Christina, gosh, we're, we're basically like old family friends if I can get my head around this, but I think your dad is married to oh, yeah. an old friend of ours who was introduced to us by an even older friend of ours. In fact, uh, that was the very first person I employed when I started my mortgage company in 2005. Uh, wow. introduced us to your stepmom, probably in about that same era. And yeah, so it's been a long, long time. So yes. yeah, how long have you been married? <laughs> um, it has been eight years. Eight so years. Married for eight, together for 13. Cool. Uh, good yeah. numbers. All right. So... Good. As we said, you'd been on the show before, and I think Jen had identified, I was uh, eavesdropping on you guys, that it was in the spring of last year, so maybe 15, 18 months-ish. It was May of last year. May of yep. last year. Whoa, have we seen <laughs> some things change in the last 15 months. Um, and I had this conversation with this same uh, colleague, our former coaching client, who is a, a ridiculously successful real estate agent, as well as doing a lot of other uh, things in his life from charity work to also being recently married and uh, so on and so forth. And one of the things that he had said to me that's really strange right now is pricing homes. Mm-hmm. How hard that is as a listing agent and watching the fluctuation and watching this violent roller coaster ride of what's going on. And of course, we still have this ridiculous inventory shortage, major metropolitan areas, even Monument. We can get into the Whataburger later. But all of these areas are still, you know, 10, 20% of what would have once been considered a healthy inventory, a balanced inventory. And there are 
all kinds of struggles going on for real estate agents right now. And Christina, you've been on the show. You know what we want to convey to our audience as far as, you know, here are some things you can be doing to improve your business, improve your exposure, build your audience, structure your team, on and on. But can we chat a little bit about some of these struggles and what you're dealing with and what buyers and sellers are dealing with and how we're smoothing that path? Yeah, absolutely. I um, Before we had this meeting, that's what I was doing was um, sending an email to uh, one of my listing clients. Um, we've been on the market for two weekends. Oh my gosh, you know. And, <laughs> we think um, that's a long time now, I know. I know. Holy smokes. Like, um, but the, th the conversation that I'm having with listing clients right now is I tell them there's two words we have to have. It needs to be perfect and we have to have patience. So perfect and patience are my two words that I'm describing when we're talking about listings. No more are the days that we can just throw up a house on the market and it will sell very quickly. It needs to be marketed perfectly. It needs to show beautifully. If it needs touch up paint, we have to do that. We have to put the time into getting the house ready to go on the market instead of just saying, well, it's going to sell. And not that I ever <laughs> took that perspective because I still think people could, you know, even if it wasn't an incredible location, that never justifies cell phone pictures for your listings. Oh. Um, you, yeah. So <laughs> I can't even go I there. Think, let's, let's not even go there. Right. Right. But as far as, you know, this season right now that we're in, it's perfect impatience and um pricing is critical um i've told many clients this you know we pricing is literally we you know if i have clients that have reached out and we're selling you know three to six months from now i tell them that their listing price is a moving target i'm not going to say where we're going to list until probably a few days before or maybe the week before um because that's how much inventory changes i mean that's the listing that i have yes the listing i have now um there was no inventory for over a year and then we had houses starting to come up so that changed drastically just in the course of a few months when we had you know nothing to compare um so pricing is absolutely critical um i think the other thing that i was having fun with on this listing is uh neighbors said well why did you price it so low <laughs> Of course, as an agent, I never want to hear that. And um, I'm I'm known for wanting to like set record breaking numbers in the neighborhood as far as sales go, you know, and um, but I think these days on market have been good for my clients so that they don't ever feel like we're leaving money on the table because we are truly priced at market value. I feel very confident in our price. But when you have the people in the neighborhood that think they're real estate experts, and they're saying things about home. That's been super fun to combat too. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to remember the A in Zillow stands for accuracy. Yeah. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, my, that's a good one. Um, so, I think we're probably talking about something that we talk about a lot, and most of our conversations kind of circumnavigate this space: education. We've yes. got to be making sure that we know what the fuck is going on in the market mm -hmm. with listings, with sales, with comps, on and on. And then we've got to be able to convey that information in clear, concise, and logical ways to our clients. And I think Absolutely. that's probably true in 
any area where you're hiring an expert to do something so significant for you, whether it's real estate, mortgages, your attorney, your therapist, whatever the case may be. And that's uh, funny because we always joke about how there are three people you have to tell everything to your lawyer, your shrink and your mortgage lender. Mm-hmm. So we do make that joke quite a bit, but yeah, I think what we're probably talking about here is being educated, making mm-hmm. sure you are gathering the data in a manner that you understand and that you're able to convey that data to your clients in a manner they will understand. And of course, everybody's different. So we have to make sure that we're doing that differently. An engineer is going to understand that data differently than, um, you know, a homemaker who, you know, peeked in on your open house and wanted to know why you were pricing it so low. But she she yes. did her thorough <laughs> Zillow research, I promise you. Um, she, she knew exactly Absolutely. what she was looking at. So let me ask you this, because I think this kind of, you know, entwines. I think these are kind of woven together. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware, Christina is in Colorado. She handles the Denver metro area and probably then some. If I asked her to go drive up to Vail to sell my $2 million house, she'd probably do it for me. Oh, in a heartbeat. Um, in a heartbeat. That's about 100 miles for those of you that aren't in our area. But one of the things unique to what has gone on recently in Colorado, which is probably compounding this problem, is that we all just got our every 24-month valuation notice from the county tax assessors. And, yes. of course, I got mine. And don't get me wrong, I think for the most part what I saw with my real estate in Colorado, they were fairly reasonable. Barring my primary mm-hmm. residence, where I'm sitting right now, and for those of you that uh, are uh, that are familiar, I'm right in an area where three developments known as Highlands Ranch, Lone Tree, and Castle Pines all kind of converge. And I thought that the county assessor was a bit off their nut, called another real estate agent that I know, said, hey, you can sell my house for this. Come put a sign in the yard. Yeah. I said, you know, I can't sell your house for that. And I said, right. <laughs> so we did contest that value. And mm-hmm. funny, mm-hmm. I still haven't heard back, but neither here nor there. That's another episode, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they're all mm-hmm. overwhelmed, especially in the uh, uh, populated mm-hmm. counties that make up the Denver metro area. But how much of a problem has that caused for you? Because people are seeing these valuation notices. Hey, my house is worth a million dollars. And Christina's thinking, mm, I want to put it on the market for 800 Right. Or maybe even so, the opposite. Right. Um, you know, I, I, when, when the property evaluations went out, um, I, I didn't necessarily see it as a problem. I saw it more as an opportunity, you know, because a lot of clients, I, I addressed it before they even were in their mailbox. And I think a lot of clients appreciated that because they, I, I literally had one client that thought that she had to then pay the difference in the house. <laughs> like, she, And so it, it was about, you know, educating them and everything. So I, I really just thought it was more of an opportunity. So what I told people, because of course my house went up too, and I honestly don't think my house, I hope no, I, I don't think anybody's listening from, you know, the town of Erie, but I don't think that um, they valued mine high enough, you know? So I'm like, of course, I'm not going to contest that. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it where it is. But ultimately, you know, us Coloradans, we've been very lucky in the real estate market, you know, as far as appreciation goes. Oh, well, every major metropolitan area. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, but, it's, here it's insane. 
Yes. And have our property taxes now started to catch up to us? Sure. You know, yep. fair enough. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you want your property, of, you want your value to go up, but you don't want your taxes to go up. But they are kind of going to go hand in hand. So, you know, I said on the good side, look at how much equity you've gained in your home. But I really, like I said, took it as an opportunity to reach out to my clients to make sure that they knew what this meant. And, you know, there were definitely clients that I was like, guys, I, I don't know where they came up with this. I think the other hard part is that people didn't understand it was basically a year ago that they found these values, you know, and so they're trying to see if they're looking at Zillow or if they're looking at, you know, today's market, it hadn't, it, it wasn't the same. And so um, it was really just having a lot of dialogue and, and conversations with clients. I haven't had a listing client yet that was like, well, my property is this. And so I want to list there. Um but yeah, I, I took that, I took that more as like an opportunity for, for good conversations and to really try to be the expert and, and help people, you know, and it was time consuming trying to pull, you know, comps for all of those and, and talk people off the ledge, you know, when they got those. Um, but that's ultimately, I think one of the reasons that I'm successful is I don't do this, you know, just for the next sale. I literally do it and I've built relationships. And like you said, Adam, I mean, we knew each other through so many people. And that's because we're good at what we do. We work by referral and we're ultimately introduced to, you know, different people. And that's why I do this is to genuinely be a resource. So. Well, and let's, let's talk about that for a minute because I love hearing and I wish more people had said something to this effect. Not that we've had that many conversations that circumnavigate this particular issue since it occurred, that was June. Um, and mm -hmm. one of the things that we really adopted and embraced despite the time consumption that you mentioned the added workload was essentially reaching out to all of our clients saying hey did you get the notice do you think it's reasonable mm -hmm. if so great please know that we're going to have to talk about escrow account shortages these kinds of things in the coming months uh, on top of that, obviously, as the value of the house goes up, the cost to replace it, if you burn the damn thing down, is going to go up. Your insurance premium is going to go up. So we've got to talk about that kind of thing. But on the flip side where, no, we don't really think that this is reasonable, as I felt about my uh, home, my primary residence, that... Mm -hmm. It gave us the opportunity to do what we really all came here to do, help people take good care of people, make sure we're doing what's best for their dollars. Great. Mm -hmm. Did you get the postcard? Cool. Send me a copy of it. We'll run it through our AVMs. We do use two. I promise you Zillow is not one of them. And uh, let's see <laughs> if it's even close. Okay. So yeah, maybe it's off by 50 grand. High by 50 mm -hmm. grand. When that trickles down to what the actual change in the property tax was, what that it ends up being in your monthly payment, relatively insignificant. Let's let that sleeping dog lie. The alternative, mm -hmm. of course, is that I want to contest it. 50 grand, fine. Maybe that's 20 bucks a month in my property taxes, etc. But now we're talking about opening up the door to the county assessor, like Christina said, who may very well want to come in and look around and go, God, thanks for letting us know you're right. This house is worth more than we assessed it for. We're going to change it a little bit, increase those property taxes a little bit, so on and so forth. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, I do think that 
uh, it's important, again, to gather the data, be able to disseminate the data, so on and so forth. But what I really want to touch on here, because I welcome any and all ideas, and this is obviously one that we exercise every other year, is this is an opportunity to reach out. This is an opportunity to get in front of your clients. And if you're operating in a strict repeat and referral manner, and hopefully for those of you that are, you're operating in a fairly strict, not complete, but fairly strict repeat client and client referral manner. And mm -hmm. I say that's important because you guys should never have to rely on somebody else doing their lead gen work for you to succeed. We hear this all the time with our coaching clients that are in the mortgage space. Well, you know, the realtors just aren't referring deals anymore. Okay, well, maybe they're not doing their lead gen work. Why aren't you doing yours? So I do think that's important from a lead gen perspective to have these moments, income tax time, certainly property tax time, and a whole host of others. And if you guys have other ideas, feel free to chime in, those of you watching or listening here live or in syndication. But this is an incredible opportunity, although that window is just about closed for this year, but we've got another 22 months before we'll have it again to help people, to stay in front of people, to let them know that you're watching their back when it comes to these huge investments in their lives. So Absolutely. really, if you guys are a little proactive, just be a little proactive about your contact management, about your staying in front of people, about your touches, about your lead gen in general, this is a phenomenal opportunity to do all of these things, to take good care of people, to help them out, to watch their back, and to stay top of mind. You just need to come up with what those are. So we've done mm -hmm. a number of different things from contact management calls, text, social media, et cetera, to make sure that people know we're going to watch their back. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about when you started, what your actual campaign, for lack of a better term, was to reach out to what's a whole host of past clients mm -hmm. to make sure that they knew what the fuck this meant and how it was going to impact them and how you could help. Yeah. Um, well, so I think I want to say that I... Because were they they were in our mailboxes in May, weren't they? I mean, everything. Now I that's not possible right? because the period or was it the assessment period? Oh no, you could be right. Yeah, because the assessment period was June of twenty to June of twenty two. Right. So yeah, it could have been May. That's true. I think that that's around when I I was telling Jen my kids went back to school last Wednesday and I feel like a whole new woman because like I have a, a schedule. So anything that happened in the past like you know, two and a half months is, is a little blurry, but, um, yeah. So I basically, what I had done was I knew that they were coming out. And so that's what I used, um, as an opportunity to call my database. Um, I, I mentor, um, some agents here in my office and I feel like that is the biggest thing that agents say is they're like, I don't know what to call about. I'm like, we have opportunities all the time presented to us for reasons to call. And that was one of them was these, um, was this, you know, I'm like, this is literally what we do for a living. It, it could, and people like my clients were so thankful, you know, that I had reached out. Some were like, I don't even know what you're talking about, you know, and then they would get it and they'd text me and be like, here it is. I know what this is now. Um, so really it was, I, I literally called every person in my database and just let them know, you know, that they were getting this. And, if they have any concerns or if any questions about the value, 
to call me. And I, I probably did, I, I didn't even think it was that many, but I probably did about 16, um, you know, evaluations to say, here's where you're at, you know, here are the steps to take, but I had very similar conversations. If it was pretty close, if it was, you know, 10 to 15 K, I'm like, I don't know if we want to, you know, reach out and ruffle these feathers over 15,000, because what if they say, oh, well, actually this is a little better, you know, and they decide that it's going to be higher than what they originally quoted. So um, we were very strategic on, on those conversations. And um, I just thought it was the perfect time. The other thing that I, I loved that you mentioned, um, and I tell agents this too, is I think every year, once a year, just like you have to do your annual doctor appointment, you should have an annual real estate review. You should talk to your realtor and review your home because like you said, that was a perfect point. Your home value has gone up. Building costs have gone up. Have you talked to your insurance provider? Heaven forbid. I, I, just, I had a client a few months ago and her house caught on fire. Oh. Um, and, you know, it's those things that it really makes you think like, you know, we, it just, it makes you think, you know, about how much of a resource we can be to people to make sure that, you know, they have all of, you know, their insurance is lined where it should be, that they have, you know, that they understand how much equity they have in the home. So um, I think that's another thing, you know, huge advice is you just like you do your annual doctor's appointment, you need to have an annual real estate review with your, with your agent. Couldn't argue with that. And I think we actually end up doing it in our office twice a year. But obviously, right. mortgages are a little different than real estate for sure, uh, especially sure. with the volatility in the mortgage-backed securities market, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so a couple of things there. Um, one, you guys that are representing buyers and sellers, boy, don't you just kind of know everything about these people? I mean, you, you've seen their home. You know what kind of a home they're looking for, which means you probably know about kids and pets. You probably know about their work, uh, all kinds of things. Why the hell wouldn't you just pick up the phone and call? Aren't these supposed to be friends of yours? Right? Christina and I do it. She's never bought or sold a home for me. I have never financed her mortgage. And we still just chat a couple of few times a year. Hey, what the hell is going on? How are you? What kind of chaos are you seeing? How's your dad? <laughs> right yeah. um and i think that uh and i'm gonna make a plug here because it's just a great opportunity one of my very earliest coaches and mentors and this is 20 plus years ago a guy by the name of carl white who's really slick with this kind of stuff recently wrote and published a book called overcoming call reluctance mm. for those of you watching or listening get it read it even those of you that say like i did Oh, I don't have any call reluctance. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, trust me. There were still all kinds of things that I needed to improve upon, so on and so forth. And let's also remember that when we're talking about something like picking up the phone to stay in front of people, we're not specifically isolating the phone. So for those of you that are 23 years old and haven't been in real estate that long, haven't been in mortgages that long, that can be a text message. That can be a social media post. That could be a direct message system on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Insta, on YouTube, on TikTok, on and on. Just talk to people. Help them out. 
This is really not um, that complicated a scenario. We don't really need these triggers. They're great. Take advantage. Income tax time, property tax time, so on and so forth. Take advantage, but you shouldn't need them. Be in mm -hmm. front of your people. This is where you build relationships. This is where you strengthen relationships. This is what makes people in sales that are direct to consumer for high ticket items like real estate, mortgages, insurance, financial planning, hell, even guys that are selling Ferraris and Rolls Royces. These are the kinds of things that further those relationships. Please, for the love of God, do that work. And of course, it really shouldn't feel like work. As no, make the calls. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Christina um, I, and Jen, I know we're going to run over. So, you know, to forgive me. But for years and years, literally decades that I've been doing this, we've always accepted and absorbed what that balanced real estate market looks like. Right. So we're joking about you're having a house on the market for two weekends. Like, oh, my God, it hasn't sold. Well, let's remember historically that a balanced market is defined by six month inventory. You should expect it to take mm -hmm. you six months to sell your home. You should expect it to take six months to find a home. That's a balanced inventory. Now, of course, for that to happen in the area that the three of us are in, we would need something like 35,000 listings at any given time. And do we even have 10 percent of that? Do we, do we have 3,500? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. maybe. So, yeah. but it's been this way a long time. Okay. And I think there are a lot of causation factors. Um, we're Americans, so we don't do multi-generational living like they do in Europe, Asia, Latin America, pretty much the rest of the world. Um, mm -hmm. The boomers, and I'm not calling out boomer behaviors, just such a big population. They're living longer, staying in their homes longer, no inventory there. The millennials and Jen, again, don't take a person. I'm not calling out millennial behavior, but you're now the only generation bigger than the boomers. And you're all of homeowning age and want to be homeowners and are buying up homes. So we don't stop reproducing. Eight billion people on the planet. Now just factor after factor after factor contributing to this. I think this is kind of the face of real estate. I don't know that over the course of my life or career, we're ever going to have a buyer's market again. What is that going to mean for you and your clients? And I mean, if we kind of, not you, I know you have, but your buyers and sellers, have they kind of adopted the understanding that this is how real estate works now? I I think that, I, I think the tough part, Adam, in this market is that one specific area or you know, house, it may be weeks or, I mean, average days on market for their neighborhood is 54 days on market and we're sitting at, you know, 13. So I'm like, <laughs> looking at everything, we're good. But then I, I also see, you know, whether it be agents in my office or friends that are agents and they're like, I have multiple offers in Littleton, you know, so it's- With very, two days on the market. Right. So I think that the market that we're in is all about communication and setting the expectation because I don't want to tell buyers we have the ability to get seller concessions and we can do this because it's incredibly house specific. Um, and that's that's really just the the market that we're in right now is you could have a house that has multiple offers. You could have a house that we could get seller concessions and they, you know, that's just going to be the case. And I think that goes back to 
you know, are they pricing it right? Is it, you know, going to be, is, does it look perfect? Is it ready for the market? Or are you just throwing this house up and hoping that, hoping for the best? So I really think that the most important thing right now is setting the expectation with clients. Um, I don't know. I feel like clients, once they, once something kind of switches, it takes a while. And then by the time that they finally adapted to that, things change again, you know? So it's just like, okay, now I, I said last year, I literally had whiplash. I felt like from 2022, January, 2022 to December, 2022, I, I don't, I don't even, I can't even, you know, explain it. It was, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. Yes. It was. And even for, you know, I would say 2021 as well. So I think it's just being informed. And I know we've said the Z word a lot. And it's funny because part of my, not everybody agrees with this, but whenever I have a listing appointment, the first thing I do is pull up Zillow because I need to know what I'm, what I'm going to be combating because is my yes. So I always go to what is the public seeing because that's probably what the number could be in their head. So that's one of the first places I go when someone says, Hey, I want to, you know, talk about listing. I'm like, great. And I want to see kind of what they might be seeing. Um, so that's one of the first places I go, not because it's accurate. I go because I need to know what they're possibly seeing. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I do also think it's really strange because we might be the only podcast on the planet where there's no problem with Adam dropping F-bombs, but God forbid we actually say out the Z word. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, yes, Jen, I know we're at our uh, time slot. And obviously, when it comes to Christina, we could probably talk for hours uh, about this stuff and we barely scratched the surface of those subjects so let's talk about getting christina back on the show in one yep. of those last time slots that we have for next year and then why don't uh, you bring us up to speed because it's been a minute on all things just the tips a lot of uh, activity about the uh, mastermind this week i caught yeah, September 29th, 30th is the 7th Annual Mile High Mastermind, which every time I say 7th Annual, it still blows my mind. Uh, so that is at the University of Denver. It's our sales-related, mostly realtors and LOs conference that we do every year. Very workshoppy, very hands-on, um, amazing people that come back from all over the country year after year. So it's a very special event to us. Um, so those tickets are on sale now. There are still some available. Uh, you can text tips to 63566 to get that information, to find episodes of the podcast, book a free hour of coaching, copy of Adam's book, literally all the things, JTT text tips to 63566. All the things. And uh, all the things. We, we should be close to having the uh, sales mindset <laughs> book out here too. We're, We've been through final editing. We'll see how long publication takes, but fingers crossed we can knock that out before the end of the year, and then I'll uh, pick up the one I've been working on for <clears throat> longer than I want to admit. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, Christina, <laughs> thank you. I know that this is uh, a challenge to carve out this kind of time on a Monday morning, and uh, IT issues aside, another killer episode. We do miss seeing the back seat of your car, but uh, maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time. And I maybe always love being time. on here. Yeah, like you said, yeah. I could talk forever with you guys. So, <laughs> well, I'll be in touch, Christina. We'll get you booked for next year. It sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. 
All right. And for those of you listening live or in syndication, you can check live episodes. You can catch live episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage at 10.30 a.m. on Mondays. That's Mountain Time, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Mondays. And we will be back next week with another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Again, I'm Adam Smith with Just the Tips Coaching. Thanks again to Jen Weibor, our marketing director, one of our other coaches, and just all around superhuman. And Christina, nothing but love. Thanks for doing another episode with us. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.